Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody in uh, in this room. Hello. Hello, everybody. Good morning. And that was a, oh, such a hearty good morning. And uh, good morning, everybody who is joining us via the live stream, or if you're listening to this recording uh, after a Sunday morning, good afternoon, good evening, um, whatever it happens to be. We're just glad you're plugging into the community, and there are some different ways that you can do that. Uh, you can participate in the chat online. In here, we have conversations around tables. I hope that if you are listening to a recording of this, you're participating with some other people who are also listening because uh, really, life change doesn't happen just by hearing uh, an, an amazing, insightful, well-studied, well-thought-out sermon, it, um, which, which I hope you'll get today. Uh, it really happens from the conversations, from the discussion, from considering uh, what are you willing to do about it? What is God teaching you? And as you talk to somebody else about what God is teaching you. You're learning in a whole uh, other level. And as you talk about what you feel like God is leading you to do about it, you're moving from just thinking about it to actually having someone uh, who can ask you how you're doing with what you said you were going to do. Transformation is more than just sitting in rows or sitting online and hearing. Uh, it's about discussing. It's about applying. So we're glad that you're taking part in that. Small groups are uh, another level, another way that, that you can do that. A, a, a room full of people or uh, an online group where people are uh, asking, what are you thankful for? What challenges are you facing? And then praying for each other, and then asking some open-ended questions about the teaching that happened on Sunday, uh, and really taking it to the next level and supporting each other in discipleship. The small groups uh, for this term start on G the week of January 28th, and um, you have communication cards that you can fill out at the table here, or if you're online, just say, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I want to be a part of that. And, uh, and Rachel, as she's uh, moderating the, the chat, will gather that information, and she'll help you get plugged in. This month, January, we're emphasizing prayer, including a 21-day prayer and fasting campaign beginning this Sunday, today. Uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And in order to help guide you through that process, we have a 21 day of prayer and fasting guide that is available. Now, these are available. I, I think you just grab them at the table. Yeah, they're, they're at this table, like, so, like right by the, uh, the, the offering box back there. I want you to take one. If we run out, I will be... So have, now that doesn't mean take more than one. I, I don't want you to make me happy by having them disappear. Um, this, though, is, is written with you in mind. We created this in-house, and uh, it goes along with some of uh, what's happening in the life of our church right now. We're sending a team of four people to uh, northern Kenya to see the multiplying movements of disciples that's happening there to support 
the, uh, the, the local indigenous leaders of that movement to, uh, to, to pray for them, to encourage them. And we're sending in front of us the, the donations that you all made uh, that are going to build a, a simple structure where they can gather local leaders and they can sit for a longer time because there will be shade and there will be seats. <laughs> Uh, that was one of the challenges that they told us they're facing is uh, when, when they want to train leaders, it's difficult because it's too hot and it's too uncomfortable to be there for uh, a half a day or a full day. So uh, this guide talks more about that. I want you to have it in your hands. If you're participating online, you can go to our website, newdaywi.com, and have this whole guide uh, right there online as well. So make sure to grab that. Uh, just a couple of other things that I want to, uh, that, that I want to point out. Uh, a resource that I've been leaning on as I'm learning more about prayer is A Praying Life by Paul Miller, a book that uh, has been helpful to me that I would recommend to you. And another that is uh, from uh, our own Linda Larson Schlitz, who, if, if you're participating online, you'll often see her in the, in the chat. It's called Speak to Me, God, I'm Listening, 365 Daily Meditations for Those Who Want to Hear God Answer Life's Toughest Questions. Really good book. I brought um, my own copy uh, so that if, if you want to flip through this or look through it, you can do that. Um, I, order it online. Um, it's, a, it's a great resource to help us pray. So uh, we're going to begin our, our teaching today by praying and then uh, opening scripture to Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9. Let's pray together. God, this morning we, we want to surrender to you completely. We want to pray for your kingdom, for your authority to come, for your will to be done in our hearts, in our households, in our neighborhoods, in this community, and on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9, we read how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. Jesus says, pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Today we want to focus in on what it means that God invites us to pray for his kingdom to come and his will to be done in our hearts, in our homes, in this community on earth as it is in heaven. And let's talk specifically about three arenas where we might hesitate to pray for God's kingdom to come. Uh, one of those arenas is where the Dallas Cowboys play. No, I'm just kidding. No, we're, I know that there are a lot of prayers going out, and that's one big question that I'm not prepared to answer today that I know you all want to find out is, what if Packers fans are praying for the Packers to win, and Dallas fans are praying for Dallas to win. Does the outcome of the game show us which fans are better at praying? 
that's not, we're not, we're not going there. If you ask my wife about that, she would say, God doesn't care about that game. He's got more important things on his mind. I hope I didn't offend anybody by saying that. The, the three arenas that we're going to talk about where we might hesitate to pray for God's kingdom to come are praying for a change in people, praying for a change in ourselves, and praying for a change in culture, in the world around us. Now, first of all, we need to remember that God's kingdom is more than a future place. Sometimes we hear the word kingdom and we think of a realm. Uh, Kingdom is more accurately understood as the reign or the rule or the authority of the king, wherever and whenever it shows up. So the English word kingdom can be understood literally as a dome under which everything is ruled by the king. So picture it like an umbrella. And under this umbrella, everything is happening according to the will of the king. It is the king dome. So to pray that God's kingdom would come, it's a prayer of total surrender. It's essentially asking God to rule first in you, that you would do his will in your heart, in your household, at your job, in your car, while you're watching the game today, and also that everyone else on earth would do the will of God the King, just as his will is done in heaven. So we live in a fallen world where everyone sins and falls short of the glory of God. So to pray for God's kingdom to come, for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, is to pray for change. A change, really, in people. I had a conversation this week with someone who said that they have no problem praying for material things. That's what we talked about last week. Like, I can pray for material things all day long. When it comes, though, to praying for a change in people or in themselves, that can seem a little bit scary. It can seem a little bit hopeless. It can seem a little bit judgy. In his book, A Praying Life, Paul Miller says that praying for God's kingdom to come in others can feel too controlling. Praying for God's kingdom to come in ourselves can feel too scary, and praying for God's kingdom to come in things we don't like in our culture can seem too impossible. And yet Jesus invites us to pray for anything. So how can we pray for those things with greater confidence? Well, when praying for others seems too controlling and too helpless, let's uh, talk about that. Uh, In a a book that I was listening to, uh, somebody said that although the most recognizable Bible verse of the 20th century was John 3.16, we're on pace in the 21st century for the most recognizable passage, perhaps to be Matthew 7, verse 1, that says, Do not judge others, 
and you will not be judged. Judging others can seem like the greatest crime in our culture. And indeed, Jesus has some things to say about judging. If we look further into that passage, Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 1, do not judge others and you will not be judged, for you'll be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log? in your own eye. Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Pretty strong words about not judging others. And and I admit to you that I shudder a little bit when uh, we're talking, and and this is part of what, uh, part of a, a difference in how we've been doing Sunday mornings recently is we have discussions and we talk about what is God teaching me and what am I willing to do about it. And I admit to you that I shudder a little bit when someone's I will statement is mostly about praying for someone who they want to see change because it feels like instead of an I will statement, it's a they should statement. And we want to be careful about that. We, we want to open ourselves for God to lead and to change us uh, rather than primarily looking at how others should change. And yet we see instructions and examples in Scripture about praying for other people. James gives instructions to pray for people who are sick which I think comes pretty naturally to most of us. A lot of times if we get into a prayer gathering, some of the prayer requests are for sick people. It gets a little bit more difficult when we start talking about someone's character or a sin that we see that seems to have a hold on them or a repeating pattern that is destructive in their lives. John instructs his disciples in, er, instructs disciples of Jesus in First uh, John chapter four that if we see another believer sinning, we should pray for them. We read Paul's prayers in Ephesians chapter one for God to give the disciples in Ephesus spiritual wisdom and a growing knowledge and understanding. And in 2 Corinthians 13, he prays for those disciples to become mature. Those kinds of prayers for uh, maturity and for a greater understanding and greater a growing knowledge implies that Paul sees some lack, some gaps in their maturity and their wisdom and their knowledge and understanding. He's not being judgy or controlling as he prays for these disciples. He prays out of love, not out of judgment. And he also doesn't claim to be sinless himself. He asks people to pray for him too. It's kind of a 
an attitude of we're all in this together. So let's all pray for each other. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 1, Paul gives these instructions. He says to Timothy, I urge you first of all. Does this sound important? <laughs> I urge you first of all to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked with godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. So this instruction from Paul to, to Timothy says to pray for everyone. Yes, your fellow disciples, other Christians, other believers, and also unbelievers. It's consistent with the heart of God. When we look in Scripture, I'm a kind of surprised that we don't see more prayers for uh, what, what Jesus might describe as people who are lost, people who don't follow him as the good shepherd, people who are separated from God by sin and haven't understood and received forgiveness through Jesus Christ, that there aren't more prayers directly towards people in that condition more often we see prayers, it's just kind of interesting to me, about people who might bring the good news to them. So Jesus talking about praying for workers for the harvest, people who would go and bring the good news. Ephesians 6, 19, we see this prayer from, from Paul. He says, pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. Pray for people who are bringing the good news to people who are lost. 2 Thessalonians 3.1 is another example. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we ask you to pray for us. Pray that the Lord's message will spread rapidly and be honored wherever it goes just as when it came to you. Have I mentioned these prayer guides yet? Did I uh, so, uh, really <laughs> uh, good opportunity as we send this team that, uh, that, that flies out 10 days from now on January 24th, really good opportunity to pray for not only the team that's going, to also pray for the leaders who are already on the ground in Kenya. We've got uh, pictures and, and, uh, and descriptions that they sent to us, prayer points that they're asking you to pray for as they are workers in the field. I'm so excited to go there and to bring this guide and to show these leaders as we are face to face with them, show them their pictures and to say, there are people on the other side of the world interceding for you with God, praying for him to provide for your every need, praying for you to be bold 
for you to be clear in bringing the good news of Jesus to people who have never heard the name of Jesus. So as God puts people in our lives who are far from him, yes, we pray for them because it's the Father who draws people to his Son. So we pray, we ask the Father to do that and also pray that God would give you or someone else boldness and clarity to communicate the good news of Jesus effectively. What we can expect is that as we pray for other people, as we truly desire that they would experience the kingdom of God and all of the good things that come from him, that God will also, in that process, tune our hearts to his heart because he loves them. And it's difficult when you see someone and you're having a problem with them or you're having an issue with them or you see some sin or some repeated pattern and you just, you would, you so want to see God help lift them out of that. And it can be so, uh, feel so hopeless and so depressing when that happens. You can feel so frustrated by the whole situation. It's hard to continue to feel so frustrated or to feel uh, like you want to push them away or to feel hateful towards someone who you're praying for. So rather than thinking of prayer as an act of judgment or control or some hopeless wish, understand that God invites you to pray for people. Also understand that he may invite you to be involved in the answer to your prayers. He may work within you to change the way you interact or don't interact with someone. We may be willing to pray for someone else, and yet we know that sometimes we're unwilling to change ourselves. That's part of God's kingdom coming. So you might be cool with praying for material things. You might be cool with praying for other people, but maybe inviting God to make changes inside of you, maybe that seems really scary. And honestly, I get it. Uh, because when you ask God for more patience, you think he just is going to move a lever in, inside of you, like the, like the Pixar movie Inside Out. Just whoop. He's more likely to put you in situations where you have to exercise your puny patience muscles until they get stronger, more like the movie Rocky. If you're tired of having an easy life, pray for humility. Try that. If you're like, boy, things are just going way too smoothly, God humble me. What do you think is going to happen when you pray a prayer like that. He'll humble you. We don't like exercising our weak areas. That We don't prefer that. We don't necessarily like change. We don't like giving up the things that we go to for comfort and for reassurance. There's a biblical word for those things. It's idols. God hates them. So when we invite God's kingdom to come into our hearts, Total surrender includes the king clearing out all competitors. It involves us believing that a challenging day 
that grows us more into the likeness of Christ is a good day, even when it turns into a week or a month or a year or more, a challenging day that grows us more into the likeness of Christ is a good day. As long as we continue to come under his kingdom and abide in Christ, the end of the story is a good one. Here's my favorite prayer for myself. It comes from Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Search me, test me, inform me, lead me. This is a prayer of absolute surrender that admits that I have anxious thoughts. It invites God into every inner place. And sure, yes, of course, he already knows everything. There's something important about inviting, about yielding to him in that, in that way. For me, it's like saying, I don't know why I am like I am. I believe that you do. You can see it all. And I believe that you still love me, regardless of what you see, of what you find. And because you love me, I also trust you to walk me through the process of becoming more like Christ in steps that you know I can take. When this is your posture, you're more likely to recognize those things that you might have thought were bad things that you wish God would get rid of. You might be more likely to recognize those things as tests, as exercises. You might be able to reflect on what's causing you to feel anxious. when you can see it, when you can name it. You can pray for God to exercise his kingdom, his authority over it. That's an example of what a prayer for change within yourself can look like. Excuse me. In a 12-step recovery program, by the way, this is step 11. We sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. So what about the stuff that's bigger than me, that's bigger than other people? We might hesitate to pray for cultural shifts because it seems too impossible. Paul the Apostle says in Romans 8 that 
Even when we don't know what to pray for and the right words to say, the Holy Spirit prays on our behalf with groanings that can't be put into words. And that seems a little bit weird, right? But he goes on to say, Romans chapter 8, verse 27, this, the second part of that, he says, the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. This is encouraging to me because you might have a prayer request or a concern about a situation that seems too big for your little individual prayer to matter. I suggest to you that that may be the Holy Spirit moving in you. The same Holy Spirit that unites disciples of Jesus around the world you may be joining with millions of other people who are each being invited by the Holy Spirit, like someone to sing one note in a much larger production being orchestrated by God that may unfold suddenly or it may take years. When there's something in the world causing you dis distress, pray and pay attention. Don't think about how small your individual prayer is, think about how big the Holy Spirit is who may be prompting that prayer within you. And remember these verses that formed the, the key questions we start with when we meet as small groups. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Paul instructs, don't worry about anything. We could sit on that for a while, couldn't we? In an election year? I think, yeah, probably we could, yeah. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you'll experience, and I think this is interesting here, that he doesn't say, then you'll experience a Packers victory. Then, whatever, pray about everything. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So the key questions that we take from this that we use to start our Small group gatherings are, what are you thankful for this week? And what challenges are you facing? Or what's stressing you out? And then that gives us a platform to pray for each other. God is big enough to hear what's on your heart and mind. He is the king. So maybe you're hesitant to pray for other people, for yourself or for the condition of the world, because you have prayed those things. And you haven't felt like God has answered. We're going to look more into that next week. I will say this. Jesus gives clear instruction to be persistent in our prayers. Even when it seems like nothing is changing, keep praying. So I encourage you to write down the people, the things you're committed to praying about this year. So that you're more likely to be persistent and so that you can also keep record of how he's answering those prayers. 
God invites us to pray for his kingdom to come, his will to be done in our hearts, in our homes, in this community, on earth as it is in heaven. So what are you willing to do with what God is teaching you today? We're going to practice that rad pattern, reflection, application, and discussion right now. After a few minutes of quiet reflection, where you're asking God, what are you teaching me? What do you want me to do about it? We're going to reconnect for discussion. So let's go into that time of reflection by praying together. God, what an, uh, an amazing thing that our Father in heaven, whose name is holy, that you would make a way for us to come with requests to approach you with things that we prefer, things that we desire, that you would invite us to ask for anything. We also acknowledge that asking for anything from the king requires us to be a subject. And so, God, we pray that more and more you would show us those anxious thoughts within us, those ways that offend you, and you'd give us a willingness to follow your lead in the best way, in your way. We pray these things not by our own righteousness or authority. We pray them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Take this time to reflect. Write down some of the thoughts you have because the next step is to have a discussion about them.
All right. For me, um, what uh, what I'm willing to do in response to what God is teaching me is uh, I, I, for the last couple of years, I've done a good job of uh, having um, uh, a, a written down kind of prayer guide, particular people who I'm I'm praying for every day, particular situations, and uh, and that uh, it's gone now. I don't uh, I don't even remember at what point uh, I, I stopped. Uh, stop utilizing that. So I'm going to make a new list and it's going to have uh, some different sections in it. Myself, others, and the world. What am I praying about in these different areas? And this uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting that starts today, well, this is a great time to uh, renew that in my prayer life. So what about you? What are you willing to do in response to what God is teaching you today? That's what we're going to uh, spend just a, a few minutes in um, discussion about. So in this room, it's, uh, it, it, it's at your, your table. You probably came with, uh, with, with someone that you know, or maybe you're not at a, uh, at a table with people you can have a discussion with, and you can make some adjustments, move around a, a little bit, and, um, and, and have a discussion. And uh, online, we want you to participate in the chat. We want to hear what God is teaching you and what you're willing to to do about it, and uh, and we'll catch up then um, next week after a week of fasting and prayer. And fasting is you I mean you define that for yourself. Some people can't change what they what they eat, and it's more about other consumption, about videos, about gaming, about uh, uh, about news, about um, whatever else. Uh, after a week of that, we'll catch up with each other, and uh, we'll continue this series as we look into what about when I feel like God isn't answering my prayers. So re-engage next week, and for now, go into a discussion, because transformation doesn't happen just by listening. Uh, It happens as we discuss and as we do. So go in peace.